<coughs> so as uh, <coughs> speaking as a representative of the Buddhist tradition, <laughs> I'd like to formally apologize for mindfulness. <laughs> done incalculable harm <laughs> over the years. <laughs> Somebody said yesterday, you know, as soon as I said, now we're going to talk about mindfulness of breathing, she thought, uh-oh, <laughs> end of the fun, end of the joy. <laughs> now comes the dry knife, <laughs> the steely blade of mindfulness. <laughs> So, but uh, <coughs> maybe just really, uh, you know, you can't move far in these Buddhist circles without coming up against it. So, it mean, you know, to try to suggest, well, it depends what you mean by mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, mindful. And really, it's just English translation, sati, of sati, the ability that allows us to remember things. You know, the quality, the, the function that allows us to remember things. That is, somehow we can sustain an impression. Yeah, that's that. And then at a certain point in time, we can go back to that, pick it up again. Mm. So it, it it creates a fr- it frames things. It, it creates a frame, frames experience, mm. and then we can review it. Yeah. And uh, well the quality of the frame is is awareness. You're framing it with awareness rather with <coughs> the other things uh, that uh, our mind tends to be framed by. Mm. And as you uh, sit and meditate and sensitize and reflect and deepen and quieten, begin to get the sense of some of the ways in which you've been framed. Framed by fear, framed by anxiety, or you, the inner, you know, framed by not being good enough, framed by this is what you should be, this is the image of the man, the woman, the success, you know, the happy one, the positive one, the useful one, you know, and then seeing oneself within that frame, who comes out on tops. <laughs> with that frame, yeah? Mm. Framed by death. You know, we're in a death frame. What's going to happen to me? Framed by sickness. What happens when I get sick? You know, it feels so good. Framed by painful memories. Oh, I did this, I did that, I wish I didn't do that. That terrible thing that happened to me. 
framed by that. Framed by desires, what I should be, could be, could have, would have. That's kind of there holding my life in a sense of haven't got it enough yet. Framed by desire, framed by craving. Haven't got enough yet, haven't got enough yet. That's whatever comes in that, you know. You see, the frame by by craving. So what what's here isn't quite enough yet. More. So the frame you know, stretches the canvas, if you like, or the frame sends this shadow, this f- mood across awareness. Yeah. Yeah. Sends a mood. It it creates a tone, tonality in our awareness. And, we ref- yeah. and then as you're contemplating awareness, you begin to sense that tone. Those tone and they're changing, not always the same, fortunately. But uh, it's not, you know, we can kind of fixate on the topic that we're nervous about or anxious about or feel we need to control or get on top of or not good enough about at this particular time. Mm-hmm. That becomes the point. Of t- but, you know, you deal with that one and then really another one can come rolling along because actually the frame hasn't changed. It's just, uh, you know, the underlying underpinning or the upadi, the substrate hasn't really changed. So it's still a pot, uh, something that supports uh, inadequacy, craving, need, um, disappointment and struggle and so forth. It still supports those, those energies. Yeah? What would we like to be framed by awareness instead? Since we're going to be you know, here we are, we've got boundaries, we sort of exist in some sense or another. What would we like to be framed with awareness? And that awareness is saying, you're not this, you're not that, keep remembering that. <laughs> you know, that process can occur, that process of body, that process of feeling, that process of mind, that can occur. Just keep bearing in mind, be aware of this, don't you don't have to be it. You don't have to fight with it, you don't have to, you know, get snarled up by it. We'd just be framed by awareness, wouldn't we rather uh, kindly, <laughs> therapeutic experience? And it's not saying, you know, uh, we want something else to appear in the middle of that screen. You know? Not saying, you know, you've got to have mindfulness in the middle of the screen so I can be a mindful person. which is another craving, isn't it? You know, another sense of self-definition. Yeah. Still framed by self. I should be someone who's being mindful. Can I learn to be mindful, prove that I'm mindful, people verify that I'm mindful, now I know I'm a mindful person. (laughs) So tick that one off the anxiety list. Mindful people are calm and assured and level and balanced, equanimous and peaceful, aren't they? (laughs) 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 It's content, content, content. And uh, what what the presentations of mindfulness really trying to acknowledge is, you know, just go to the frame 
that framed with fear, anxiety, self-imagery, you know, once you know that, ah, you're out of the frame, you know, that, as soon as you acknowledge what you're being framed by, that becomes a topic in content, and you frame it with awareness, well look at that, there's the anxiety experience, feels like this in my body, slight tension in the guts, slight trembling, so body, particular body tone, sinking, and go to the feeling of it, you know, the mood tone of it, the emotional tone of it, and then you keep awareness, 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 breathing through, breathing through with awareness, opening, breathing through with awareness, not with desire, not with wanting to get rid of it, not wanting to be somebody else, but just holding that carefully with awareness. What happens? We'll see, won't we? Since this is the kind of things that happen to us, you know, mortal human beings, individuals in a society of other individuals and the uncertainty about how other people are going to be and what's going to happen to us in the future and all these things. Okay, this is one's, this one's very much in topic. Frame it with awareness. Don't be framed by it. That's, that's the encouragement. That's the advice. That's the friendly tip, you know. So, yeah. And so this is a process, and, and mindfulness itself is a process within a process. You know, so mindfulness never stands alone. It's not just a, just be mindful as one thing. It's always the it's always part of a team, as friends and relatives. Such as how mindfulness gets established, right view is its parent. You know, remember this is process. Right view, remember this is process. Now, when you bear this in mind, remember this is a changing process. That's what right view is tell, telling you. How mindfulness is like the hand, you know. It's how it frames things, it holds things, it, it kind of makes things, oh, that bit there. Yeah. Now, that's important, but of course, also what's important is what, you know, why we're holding it, <laughs> what attitude is there, uh, you know, what assumptions are there. Mindfulness is just that, just the ability to frame something. Yeah, you know, but there are all kinds of maybe semi-conscious or unconscious, you know, kind of uh, assumptions or attitudes or um, inclinations that are going on with that. In right view, we keep coming back to that. Remember, this is process, and process has to change and flow. Process means things arise, and uncomfortable things arise sometimes, and confusing things arise, and things pass, pleasant things pass, known things pass, familiarities pass, just, you know, but trust that, that movement of it because it's going to and it does as you just have the faith to practice with it for a little bit it does give you this flavor of freedom the taste of freedom very 
that you can't really pin down as a particular you know, sensation, but the sense of like a certain spaciousness around feeling, mood, impression, self-imagery, um, all that. Mm. And that spaciousness is something, when you get a, a whiff of it, I don't know, but seems to me that one's awareness really goes for that, really likes that, inclines that way, inclines towards freedom. Because it both makes more potential available when I'm less stuck and rigid and familiarized and signed, sealed and delivered as this, that or the other. There's more potential. And also eventually we realize, you know, the potential is kind of, uh, for the awareness, it's doesn't really have a lot of limits to it. You can just keep, you know, and you keep meeting limits. And as you meet limits, and you bear with that, and you frame it up, and you come to terms with it, and you meet it, there's a sense of something opening beyond that. Process, and we're in process, and uh, on the lookout for that thing that terminates process, which is clinging. Clinging just finalizes that. It's the, the stuck. And we can stick on good, and we can stick on bad, and we can stick on attainment, and we can stick on no attainment, <laughs> half an attainment, <laughs> an unattainment, <laughs> a failure, and it means terminate, stop the process, lock, you know. Uh, and then we're again framed in that framed by self by that searching for finality and um, you know and that, so you get it you get finality and but then it doesn't feel free anymore doesn't feel the process is terminated for a while anyway so you know mindfulness is always accompanied by well samasati right mindfulness by such qualities of right view right intent you know right if you like where we're coming from right intention mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and this s- skillful right intention the skillful inclinations mm-hmm. towards harmlessness and all these things are framed in almost in negative terms because they really mean letting go of but you know it's, it's a cumbersome phrase but like we're letting go of, of um, you know sense passion we're letting go of that kind of stick and buzz we're kind of opening to that widening past that letting go of cruelty and dismissiveness when we kind of narrow down and get hard-edged around things hmm? Letting go of harming that which seeks revenge, spite, um, and even letting go of being framed by that feeling wounded, feeling despised, feeling, and so that we can feel something despising us or not liking us. You know, self aversion comes up when the system gets stressed, starts to our sensitivities begin to rebel against us. And we get this sour feeling. Mm-hmm. So, so just, you know, letting go of that. 
Sometimes letting go of that is by being aware of it, fully aware of it, holding it, breathing through it. Um, you know, so we bringing stuff out the, out of the shadows into the light of awareness and bearing it in mind, bearing it in mind, bringing the fullness of our awareness onto that. Awareness means uh, we're affected, we're touched, it's a feeling sense. Mm. We're not reacting, but there's a feeling, something like, oh yeah. You know, like a, you get it, that follow, that feeling, that resonance, that sense of, oh yeah. Mm. And there's a clarity to it, it's this. You can name it. Mm. You can name it. And the space, the spaciousness. There's no hurry up and get this done. There's, if you like, the space in terms of the temporal frame. No, no hurry up and get it done. Uh, the space in terms, there's not a lot of committee meeting around it and hashing it over. It's just some space. And we ventilate. <coughs> and that's uh, what it's like to frame things with with awareness rather than with various other um, unconscious frames of reference that we might make. Remember, okay. So what I'm suggesting is, you know, you're framed. You want to be framed with awareness or framed with <laughs> something else? <laughs> Why are you framed? Because that's because we have this referential consciousness. The human being has self-reference. It references, the system references itself. We are ourselves and we know ourselves. Yeah? Put it very mildly, put it very gently, you know. We have a, you know, you can, you can, touch a bell and that's that and you can touch this and that's me <laughs> there's a, some sense of the immediate self-referencing right? now we don't know what that self is but there's the, we could say the self there's a referencing that's what human being consciousness does doesn't it this is the me bit <laughs> and naturally that me bit gets inked in as <laughs> descriptions and, and images but we can know just there is that sense of a, uh, a self-reference and all the images there and any perceptions and feelings are subject to change, must change. We don't really want a positive image. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, that's the kind of thing. You know, perhaps on one level it's better have a positive image than a negative image. But uh, with mindfulness, the point is you don't really need an image anymore. <laughs> yeah, you can experience this, this, it's the referencing, you know, referencing the experience to awareness rather than some supposed self entity. Hmm? And, you know, there's kind of, the system of it is you know, variable, you know, 
so there are systems and techniques of it, but you know, which, but just to look at the topic kind of broadly, you know, the Buddha said, you know, someone is mindful, you remember what was said many years ago and you bear it in mind. And we can all do that to some degree, can't we? That's being mindful. You can remember what was said, what was taught, what was important, and you bear it in mind. That's mindful. <laughs> so it's not really, you know, it's pretty natural, isn't it? It's not, you know, some esoteric technique. And then we bear the Dhamma in mind. You know, we're mindful of the Dhamma. We listen to something, you take a bit in, you hear a talk, and you maybe two or three points remain there in that ongoing epic. <laughs> and, oh yeah, okay, that was, that was your bit for today, you know. That's the Dhamma, that's the way it rolls. And a little bit there, and then bear that in mind. Be mindful of that. That's what it, you know. So they were using it, mindfulness, as, as a natural attribute of our, of our intelligence. Mm-hmm. But these uh, prescribed exercises in mindfulness, when we're deliberately, you know, bringing uh, sensations or body or breath to mind, are really uh, there to help us to, uh, you know, get down some very radical reframing. Because normally, whether the body, you know, when we refer to our bodies, whether we're short or stout, tall, remember our body size, you have a basic sense of, you know, this is who I am. That's that reference to that. You know, how you're clothed, how you're dressed, your weight, and so forth. You've got a sort of half-sensed body image. But the overall framing of it is this is me. This is mine. I am this. We look in the mirror, that's me. (laughs) So very radically reframing is saying, well, no, this is actually a body, isn't it? And in the, you know, when you get the Satipatthana Sutta, which is more, I think, more of a map, really. Uh, and it can be a little bit dry, as maps are. The most wonderful map is nothing like taking a walk in the country. <laughs> but they're great for walking in the country. But, you know, you want to smell the fresh air and hear the birds, you walk in the country. Then you don't walk on the map. Mm. But it's saying, you know, in that, hey, there's a whole range of bodies here. There's dead bodies, there's live bodies, there's breath bodies. You know, let's let's open up the topic. You know, what we what are we experiencing here? <laughs> There's bodies that moving bodies, stretching bodies, scratching bodies, eating bodies, you know, this is all and they're all different, aren't they? You know. Which one is me? Am I the scratcher? Well, I go <laughs> down in history as Suchito the Scratcher just because I <laughs> scratched my head yesterday. Is that my true self? (laughs) 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 Or I'm going to be Suchito the Inspiring Monk. That'd be a bit better than Suchito the Scratcher. (laughs) 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 
But I, you know, personally, I don't find myself a city inspiring monk either. It's just here it is, you know. <laughs> For that may be what it seems like to you for times time. Yeah. So I'm not disputing that. Great, you know, that's what it seems like. Yeah, and but we just know there's all these range of bodies. Yeah, and uh, none of them are substantial. None of them are really self. Some we rather favour. <laughs> But actually, fact is, this one is not always Suchito, the inspiring monk. <laughs> Sometimes he's just sleeping. <laughs> A sleeping body. And it's kind of bleh. <laughs> the eating body. The urinating body, you know. Difficult to sustain the impressions of being <laughs> inspiring Ajahn when you're <laughs> using the toilet. <laughs> there it is, it's another one. And then the Satipadana says, like, be aware of all of them till you begin to loosen up, you know, lighten up, will you? It's not, don't get too stuck on any of this stuff. Uh, <laughs> Because you're framing it with awareness rather than with some unconscious fear of oh no, you know, I'm a, you know, it's like this, or some unconscious wish fulfilment that it'd be a certain way, mm. or how it's seen by others, which is a big frame, isn't it, for bodies? Big frame, how other people see it, you know, whoever these other people are. And we always think probably they're not going to like it very much. <laughs> and the amount of stuff that goes on and all that, you know. Because you can see these bodies on magazines, covers of magazines. Look great, you know. You know. Let's see, it's not a body, it's just an image. And you think, I wonder who lived in that thing. And the amount of struggle she took to get... You know, to look like that under the right light with the right shape and somebody with a touch-up pencil to produce that image. Now we're all going to try and be like that. <laughs> you know, somebody managed to get it, that particular image, and sustain it for like 15 seconds while they took the photo. <laughs> and then when she went back to her obsessive-compulsive disorder, uh, <laughs> uh, rheumatism in the left knee and... Uh, you know, all this kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, the, the, re- the real people experience. You know, you say how much on the body, but you say this is just the body. And bodies are like this. They're extremely. Uh, they can extreme. They can have a lot of charge in them. You know, because there's so much uh, identification with. So you just run out the list of them. Till eventually you kind of, you don't really, you can't, it seems ridiculous to, you know, to keep identifying every dang thing a body does. Because <laughs> you can't sustain a simple image of it. You know. Is it old? Is it young? Is it fat? Is it thin? Is it big? Is it beautiful? Is it not beautiful? Is it, you know, it's just this. And you look around, you see all these other forms of it, other presentations of body. Yeah. and what they all have in common we say earth element that means they occupy a space they blob you know 
It's a sort of thing, isn't it? It's a space and there's this kind of lump there. <laughs> and you know, oh, that feels a little more easy because I can make lumphood. <laughs> it's not too difficult to sustain. Because, you know, what the body does by itself, we don't have to make it a certain way, it, it, it blobs. They're called earth element. So when you, you know, review body visually, looking around the body, looking at your own body, you see it's a shape, it's a blob, it's earth, it's, it covers a certain sense of, it occupies space. Yeah, and then as you contemplate more thoroughly, uh, well, there's a warm body. Bodies are warm. Mm. Different degrees of warmth, heat, coolness. Experiences things in calorific terms. Mm. It's wet, it's supple, it's flexy, it's shapey. Shapes change. We're like, you know, the shape of the body can be so important. But you realize, like, you know, you go to a... Um, supermarket with a plastic bag, right? You start throwing biscuits and dog cans of dog food in it and tea and washing powder. And it comes out a certain shape, you know? And, you know, it's a certain shape the plastic bag has. And the Buddha says, well, okay, you get this plastic bag, here's a liver, bonk, here's some kidneys, block. here's some bones, throw that in, and you've got this shape, you know? <laughs> Hold it up. <laughs> and it's, that's what they are. And there's some fat and sinews and so on. Yeah. And you think, actually, that, that stuff in there, that's the important bit. The plastic bag isn't so important. It just holds it together. Yeah. But if you went home from the supermarket and said, hey, I've got this great plastic bag, and threw all the contents away. <laughs> and yet, that shape thing, can seem so important because mm. they have shapes and we get you know a particular shape of your grocery bag <laughs> <laughs> but when you see the shape is just like that you know then it's okay shape can change it's, it's not really self it's just the results of what's in inside it mm. let it be that way it doesn't have to be a person anymore so we start to review body like this and realize how it, how it changes over the years from small, larger, and you know, supple and strong and then gradually losing some of the suppleness and the strength and that's what it's supposed to, that's what it does, you know. So we can review bodies, but the Buddha also recognized for meditate, you know, really for your own... Um, uh, for fulfilling the enlightenment fact is the best kind of body to, to experience is the, breathe, is the breathing body. Mm. Which has got its own vitality, its own sense of solidity. There's a certain occupies space, doesn't it? You know, it's, it's, a, it's shaped. It, it swells and subsides. Swells and subsides, but it occupies a certain, you know, mm, space so it's earth and you feel it particularly when you breathe out you get that sense of coming to the firmness the end of the in-breath you come to the firmness of the full expansion 
and then that flowing, so it's its shape, a form, a vitality, a movement. Hmm. So that's earth, water, fire, and air. And that there, you know, you're really simplifying the palette of experience, the perceptions, to something like that. Hmm. Because that's as real and valid as lungs and sinews and tissues and so on or anything else we can associate with breathing. Direct experience, you don't really experience lungs, you experience pressure, you experience expansion, you experience process that's often changing. And just being in that process, framing it with awareness. And probably, you know, as we do that, we begin to recognize, yeah, the feeling, the feelings that come up and how they frame us. Mm. Having a depressive time, or a sad time, or a happy time. That's what I am. Mm. And, it, you know, and really we want a very positive kind of feeling. That feeling is doing its own thing. Feeling is like this. It changes, it shifts. Frame it with awareness. And that whole process, dealing, working with one's pain in one's body, feeling. What is feeling? Hmm. When you start to frame it with awareness, you can see there are kind of different ranges within, within that general experience. And the first is the kind of degree of pleasure or pain whether you like it or don't like it, whether you want more of it or less of it, there's that, and that creates a certain push. Then you have uh, something called perception, which is the overall impression of that, which is where the I am begins. This is happening to me, I'm feeling overwhelmed. This is happening to me, I'm feeling tight. This is happening to me, I'm feeling stabbed. This is happening to me, you know, this is happening to me, I am this. There's an perceptual labeling, an immediate um, involuntary labeling, perception. And then there's the activations, or sankharas, which are the the various messages and uh, responses that come up with that, the fighting with it, the contracting around it, the tightening around it, mm. the fondling of it if it's pleasant, the tightening up around it if it's painful, resisting it, don't want it, shove it away, the, the battling with it, yeah. these act- activities. Mm. Now all that, and that... Uh, we become very much formed in, in that process of feeling and all its all its stories and con- concomitants. In the right view, you're saying, "Well, this this is all process," and uh, uh, and looking into with wisdom, which is another friend of mindfulness, is the is the one that discriminates. It says, that bit is that, that is that, and that is that. So, 
Wisdom is another friend and associate of mindfulness. When you frame things with awareness, you use discrimination. That bit is the feeling bit. That bit is the sense of what I sense it is doing to me or how I am. I'm a sick person, I'm a wounded person, I'm a dying person, you know. <laughs> and the activations are the responses and reactions around that. You know? And then, you know, you go, no. someone seeking release from suffering, someone seeking their welfare in that predicament, wisely reflecting, what are you going to do? And, and the instruction really is to start to soften the activations instead of the fighting with it, the fondling of it, the claiming of it, the denial of it, be aware of it. And that, you know, that process, be mindful of that, be aware of that, frame it with awareness. And we start to play with that, like, okay, this is just uh, doing what it's doing. Um, how is it? Where is it? Is it my body? Is it in my mind? Is it my reactions? Where is the real, you know, squirmy bit of this? Where is it really pinning me? Mm. This becomes even more uh, if efficacious with mental feeling. Yeah. yeah. How much of this suffering is through not allowing myself to feel sad? Yeah. Wanting to feel other than I'm feeling. Struggling with the emotion, you might say which is one way of describing the mental feeling, uh, a quality of mental feeling that's not agreeable, feeling flat, feeling bored, feeling negative, you know, feeling jealous or you know, whatever, some sense of malice. And then the perception around that, I'm a nasty person, uh, you know, I'm cynical, I'm bitter, I'm failure, whatever. And then the activations around that, trying to stop being that way, trying to be another way, and so on. So, I mean, this is all something you must have remembered and bearing in mind and be aware of. You know, mental feeling. And it's just to keep aware. So the activations can be calmed and you keep coming back to it. And then the perception, the impression of me, mine. Mm. And that's something I'd like to, to uh, sometimes a little motto to, to bear in mind <coughs> with any kind of uh, perception or impression. If you can name it, if there's a word for it, you can bet everybody else experiences it. Otherwise, there wouldn't be a word for it. <laughs> you know, you don't create language on your own. So <laughs> this is the real deal of what human beings experience. And some of the most common words in the... <laughs> they're not <laughs> academic, are they? They're, they're pretty standard street words. <laughs> so where's the self in that? Where's the self in that? Yeah. Self in that is the really inability to, or the the 
not fully, you know, being aware of that. And what what I offer you know, as a tip in 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 that coming to full awareness, remember the fullness of the mind. It's not just your thinking, not just your emotions, but also something much deeper than that. And you're going to find that uh, by sensing what's happening in your body. Because at a certain level of awareness, body and mind are really not separate. So the tone, tonality, but I'm not talking about that pains, that you know, jealousy stuck in my foot. <laughs> but the tonality, the overall body tone, it could be an overall body tone, like a certain retracted, contracted state, souring, um, you know, you can feel it like a, a souring effect in the body tone, it doesn't feel bright. Uh, souring effect, a dulling effect, or even completely losing the body altogether. Suddenly just out in virtual landscapes you know spooling away and come back you know the anger has thrown one out the grief has thrown one out and the very powerful emotions will tend to do that because they that's the sense of um you know the over it gets so powerful you can't barely contain it and so we just you know how is that in your fingers how is it in your feet how is that in your belly? It's like a, doesn't, you know, and, and if you can frame it in the body, then you've got some way, I myself feel you've got some way of, of breathing through it, breathing into it, and that just starts to tip, turn, turn the tide. Instead of it escalating and spiraling, it begins to be, held and contained with awareness rather than with recrimination or desperation or gratification. Mm. You you notice like things like the backs of your hands when they tighten up, Mm. your face, your jaw, your cheek, your eyes around there. And maybe, you know, over time as in training you begin to, or despite you know, how convincing the stories are and how mesmerizing. Say, just a moment, what's happening in your cheeks now? What's happening in your throat now? And you just come off the boil of the story, off the, the rolling of it. And that, and that, just the ability to widen, soften and widen from the really you know, rolling on involvement with it, using using the body that way, and then where mindfulness breathing is, is so helpful is it does allow this particular, the out-breath is a thing that dissolves form, and our mind takes form, we have mind bodies, we have emotional bodies, the anger body, the jealousy body, you know, whatever, the grief body, the intoxication body, when we're kind of really in our stuff and flying, you know? And framing with awareness, not with shouldn't be this way. Uh, and the out-breath has this, ten- has this quality, if you f- 
follow that with full awareness, it dissolves bodies. It softens them. There's this kind of loosening effect. It doesn't disapprove, it just dissolves. And the next in-breath is a chance of a little bit of change with the next in-breath. This is not complete cessation. (laughs) This is a just like water, just gently wearing a little bit away, a little bit of the heat, a little bit of the rigidity, a little bit of the conviction with every out-breath. And then in-breath, we form again with just perhaps a little more clarity, a little more spaciousness, a little more uh, awareness. And, uh, you know, this is how we bear something in mind and we're not framing it like, this is the st- photograph, the story, like a static image. But this is the reference to the process at this moment. Now, holding that with awareness and then perhaps using the breathing to come out of the frozen fixation with that. Or just even moving your body, walking. Walking, your, take your stuff out for a walk, you know. You know, the body moving, your shoulders, your belly, you know, really walk, walk your madness. <laughs> and when you walk, really walk. When you walk, it means you, there's the turning in the pelvis, isn't it? So you, sometimes you, you know, your mind can walk you rather than you walking your mind. You're in this state and you're kind of... <laughs> <laughs> stuck in it. So really come into the feeling of a body walking rather than your mind running your body along. Mm. Even, you know, even when you're being mindful. Because <laughs> our ideas of mindfulness can also be something that makes us rather rigid in our walking. Yeah. Being mindful of walking is very, very systematic, isn't it? It's very systematic. Once you're being mindful of walking, you're very systematic. You get that foot lifted up and move it forward, and then you get it down on the ground again, and then you get next lifting coming up and forward, and then down again, and then, whoops, wait a minute, did that toe touch? <laughs> it's kind of system. So after a while, you kind of, gee, walking. <laughs> I'm stressed out. <laughs> Yeah, you've had a dose of mindfulness. <laughs> so, so just you know, why don't you kind of like frame your frame? What is awareness anyway? Is it a system? I don't think so. I mean, we can we can have systems that help us to be aware, but awareness is not a system. Yeah. Now, if any system helps you to to be more fully conscious and. Uh, <laughs> bright and you know whatever we take awareness to be there's a certain brightness to it a certain openness to it a certain spaciousness to it clarity to it there's an empathic tone in it now when you set that up and then walk with that however that works slow fast run one leg you know, hop if you like Be sick with awareness, you know. 
It's like, oh, I can't be mindful because I've damaged my ankle or I'm sick. No, be, mind, be, mindful, be aware, fully aware of that and touch everything with full awareness. So you don't have to get too stuck on a, on a structuring of that. L- you know, let the structuring form in, as a, a response to, to what supports your awareness. Let the structuring come out of the genuine response to be fully aware of that. But remember what, how bodies walk. Don't, you know, and it starts in your back and there's a certain turn in the pelvis and the, there's a certain movements in the belly and the shoulders and the back and the arms and just be a body walking. And, you know, there's a certain home base quality of a natural comforting uh, quality to walking, you know. We like walking. Uh, it's a nice coordinated, coherent thing. That the body flows along with it. It's enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And so that sense of uh, going nowhere special, just strolling, just walking. And where's the intensity in that? You know? Where's the... Uh, so, you know, although the mind states get, get very intense, very stuck, very fixed, put that in something that's flowing along, and it begins to loosen. Maybe then all kinds of other emotions break loose. You see, you're sad, you know, tears run down your face, or you feel a bit... But it loosens up, stuff starts ventilating. That's the way it should be. And you process, let things ventilate. And, oh... What's that sense of feeling better now, feeling clearer now? Something was moved. Mm. We're in process. And whatever it's moved, however it's moved, that was just that. That was the feeling, that was the mind state. That was the process the mind was being affected by at this time. It's moving along now, it's changing to something else. It's an ongoing story, script, if you like. And we never quite know what the next page is going to bring. But if we frame it with awareness, we don't really need to know. Just know, frame it with awareness. And there's times when the script gets less and there's a blank page. You know, pause. Oh. And then, oh, I must have attained something. <laughs> <laughs> I must be one of the, where am I? Let's look in the book. Am I this or that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, self-reference again, isn't it? Uh, So, but this, uh, you know, when we begin to, to you know, realize there's, there's so much there, isn't there? For any, any one of us, there's so much karmic flow and impingements and effects and stuff that's incredibly rich and ongoing. Mm. And yet, the quality of, of what we're mindfulness is doing is, is giving us a very simple, a simplification, a place to be simple. Yeah, 
a place to be. It's just this, be simple. And there's a certain relief in that, you know, a certain cooling and calm in that, and a certain humor in that. You know, it's just this. You know. And these subtler signs then become something that become more the tonality that sweeps across awareness has these qualities to it. If it was evident, obvious, simple, joyful, quiet, you know, it's like that. And, and picking up that and bearing that in mind, uh, the mind begins to unify from all its diversities, the unification of samadhi. Collecting, letting the mind unify around what can be unified. Thoughts can never be unified. They're diverse, many manifold. Yeah, emotions are diverse, manifold, manifest, changing. What can be unified around is awareness, because that's a simple one thing. You know, or one frame and it's called the uh, one of the definitions of samadhi as it said it's called is the nimitta of samadhi is the four establishments of mindfulness and nimitta means the defining mark you know it's like a the framing you could say (laughs) the content so the buddha emphasizes the framing of that framing with awareness that's the template for samadhi if you keep tuning to that your mind is gonna the awareness is gonna the content's gonna dissolve more and more not by trying to make it dissolve but just by holding a frame of awareness that's the uh the uh the wonder oh, you know the process of of how, where mindfulness comes into the whole medi- meditative process. It's the simplifier, the great simplifier, called the flood stopper. <laughs> mm. Not through aversion, but just through allowing things to pass, cease, do what they do. So let's continue you know, because the practice today, and um, <coughs> you know how remembering, you know, you know how d- what helps you to frame things with awareness. You walk, stand, sit, lie down, reflect. You know, just so that you get a uh, uh, you know meditation is something that's that's quite natural and, 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 and fluid. Mm. You know, it, it can adopt many, many forms. Mm. 